again, fellow travellers, and welcome to podcast 127 in our series, You Should Have Been There with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And this week sees the final instalment, the <laughs> dramatic conclusion of our three-part guide to mountain walking for lightweights, based on the audio diary of our recent five-day cabin baggage only visit to the Central Pyrenees. And we hope that you enjoyed the previous two. Rebecca Halpin actually tweeted to say she recommends Michael Portillo's Channel 5 series on the Pyrenees. Not quite sure what we should make of that. Um, but will we make it to Lourdes Airport on foot in time for the flight home? Will we survive the lack of phone coverage at the off-grid refuge? Many other burning questions coming up. Well, if you were listening last week, we left you cliffhanging at the Col de Saucede, the high point at which the relatively unknown footpath, the GR101, branches off from the extremely well-known path, the GR10. And it's where Simon and I left the sporadic trickle of fellow walkers to head north towards Lourdes and then to the airport for the flight home. It was a pleasant and undemanding walk to begin with. The weather, though warm, was now a bit cloudy as promised by the forecast. We walked along one nice ridge, the Crête d'Haute, and one more demanding ridge, the Crête de la Serre. That was more difficult for me as the slope on either side was steeper and the drops were greater. Even so, if you can keep your vertigo under control, there's nothing quite like a Pyrenean ridge walk. You get views to both sides into valleys that are often very different. One grassy, one wooded, with peaks retreating into the haze beyond them, all to the sounds of sheep and cowbells. After the colder Bear Bay, eh, we got somewhat lost, and I swear it was nothing to do with me looking for a high point with a phone signal so I could do, well, the occasional radio interview with the UK. <sighs> Well, I've reached an absolutely beautiful spot, the uh, Col de Bazès, which is about 1,500 uh, metres high. I was going to say I was uh, completely alone because uh, I have lost Simon. Um, uh, but there is a helicopter, as you can hear, quite low overhead, and I hope it's not uh, searching for a rambler who's come to grief. There are plenty of people, um, even in uh, the middle of September, out in these uh, rather forbidding mountain landscapes. And I suppose, really, uh, by uh, statistical law, someone each day is going to come to grief in some way or another. Uh, Simon hasn't. I've um, left him because he suddenly shouted, Eureka, I've got a phone signal, and um, disappeared up a hill to do an interview with some uh, nameless radio station. Uh, I said I will um, wait for him at this next call for 20 minutes. And if, as sometimes is the case with his, uh, his um, business, he is seriously delayed, I think I will just carry on down to the uh, refuge of Ougarou which is only 50 minutes away, and I'm rather looking forward to it. Even if I'm not looking forward to sleeping in a dormitory, but maybe there won't be too many people there. This is quite a long way from anywhere. 
and somewhat off the beaten track. I don't think the GR101 is something that many people undertake. In front of me, there is a sheer rocky face, which I think is the Peak de Bazès. Uh, and uh, I have actually been invited by a signpost to climb it, but I'm certainly not going to. Although, actually, if I look at my binoculars, I can see two people coming back down, down from it. Ah, there you are. So down we went off the mountainside and meandered through a vast forest, mainly pines, and reached the Refuge du Augarou at the very respectable time of four in the afternoon. The ideal time to arrive at any mountain refuge, I'd say, because you can choose your spot in the Dortoir, the dormitory. Well, here we are at our refuge, uh, which we amazingly arrived at just about on time from our uh, eight-hour prediction and pretty well undamaged. Um, uh, and now uh, we are both sitting outside the very, very decently appointed refuge, uh, listening to some pretty creamy-coloured cows who have just come down from higher up the mountain and are grazing away in the background. Uh, Simon is um, closely studying the map for tomorrow's great adventure, and um, we are both drinking bottles of local ale, which of course is something that never happened before uh, yes. in, in France, particularly in France, actually. There were, there were lots of nice beers, but they weren't actually brewed in um, local micro breweries and now we've got two here you've got a uh, hang on i've got a bigord ale which is uh, from the val d'azin which is the um local area um and um well i'm boasting a, a peak du midi which is a very uh, agreeable ipa yeah and, so is this actually yeah uh, made made by the uh, brasserie du pay toy and, and uh, while, while I always appreciate the fantastic places that you book for us to stay, nobody is happier than I am to be here in a very well-appointed, very new refuge. Um, in fact, it's so it looks so good from the outside that I thought, oh, it can't possibly be that building. You did, actually, when I said... Are we there yet? Have we got there yet? You said no, it must be further down the road. Anyway, uh, it's a beautiful building, boiling hot shower, which was a complete joy at the end of a day. And very friendly welcome oh, from, yes, from yes. Vanessa, who is uh, one of our hosts. And best of all, we seem to be the only two people here. So that terrible, hot, crowded dormitory which i was dreading the thought of um is certainly unless someone turns up um surprisingly i'd say um just on spec um then we will be uh, we will be all on our own at at opposite ends of the dormitory <laughs> i might point out that um the cows are uh, 
coming closer as they go slowly down the valley. Mm. And um, uh, and Vanessa has just had to go out and close her gate because otherwise they will be joining us, <laughs> which would be quite funny, but not for her. I should say that there is a um, an absolutely splendid uh, local animal, which is a ginger cat um, called Danny, who <laughs> is possibly the soppiest cat I've ever seen and came immediately as I sat down with my beer and sat on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, I'm going to ask you, after what I think has been a fantastic day's uh, hiking, how far are we from where we set off this morning? Four kilometres, five kilometres. Uh, slightly less than that, two miles. Oh, really? Yeah. So if we listened carefully, we might hear our... Um, uh, uh, our uh, French um, equivalent of Basil Forty shouting at some <laughs> unfortunate guest yes. who hadn't complied with his um, extremely bizarre rules. <laughs> well, things got better and better. Our host lent me a book of animals that could be seen in this part of the Pyrenees. I should stress the could, as we had certainly not spotted any wild boar, deer or the very rare wild cat, which Vanessa told me led their mysterious lives in the surrounding forest and in spring could sometimes be glimpsed. And Mick, you were in luck because no other walkers turned up and we had an 18-bed refuge entirely to ourselves and our hosts who talked about their life off-grid. They generate their own electricity from solar panels, get their water from springs, which is proving problematic during this drought-stricken year, and they even spend their winters here as the snow makes the refuge a centre for cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. Mostly, though, due to the lack of fellow refugees, we had to talk amongst ourselves. OK, I'm looking at the map in, in terms of tomorrow. It's going to be very, very different. So we're still at, uh, what, 1,250 metres approximately. So that's over 4,000 feet, which would be pretty much almost the highest point in the UK. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be descending, obviously, because we're. This is basically a big long walk to the airport. <laughs> That's true, actually. Um, yes. And yes. Yet it's going to take us a long, long time, and then we have to find our way through, um, Lourdes, which isn't actually that easy because it, it's um, it's riven by different valleys, and I, I think it could be quite easy to um, go up the wrong street like yes. take the street of the virgin instead of the street of the uh, of the cave uh, where the virgin of course appeared and where uh, miraculous cures now happen uh, but if you take the wrong one of those i think we could be um, as lost as we've been in the uh, in the boondocks well yes and we, we, we've mostly been not lost today we did get um distracted what what tends to happen is that if there is a big uh herd of cows they like to straddle the path you clearly need to walk around them and once past them and this, this happened i think ah, twice today yes. but once very well i was going to say seriously it didn't really matter they straddle the path you walk around them and then you suddenly find that you're off the path 
and you and you go off in the what in the seems wrong, the right direction. Yeah, but it's actually yeah. inevitably the wrong direction. Yes, I think it's true, and I, I don't know about you, but I am quite wary of um, uh, well groups of cows and horses, which you mm. also get because they are very big mm. <laughs> and well, not necessarily very welcoming. But I used to work on a dairy farm at the end of the runway at Gatwick Airport. Um, so I'm perhaps more used to dealing with um, uh, bovine creatures than oh, you really? are. I didn't know that. Well, I, mm. I hadn't noticed that this translated into a way with cows, <laughs> but, but are, are you... Well, I'm, I'm maybe just, I, I just kind of know... You're not so you, fussed by that, yeah. Um, uh, breeze through them, they will generally get out yeah. of the way. Yeah, no. The next morning, Vanessa's co-host, Mathieu, told us it was 25 kilometres, 15 miles to Lourdes, a decent trek on any surface, and that we had to aim to the left of a pylon, which seemed an unfeasible distance away on the far horizon. Vanessa gently but firmly insisted that we took two litres more water than we'd intended to as all the springs between here and Lourdes had dried up and because we were travelling within Ryanair luggage regulations she had to supply the bottles which she did very gracefully and we were very thankful. Yes and while uh, Simon was dealing with the uh, the water situation I'd had a very close look at the map um, and at some of the more densely packed contour lines, which I find are always a sign of trouble. And I noticed a very steep section of the forthcoming path called Uniscala, which I took to mean a natural ladder or steps. Definitely not one of our fortes, but I kept this from Simon until we made it safely to the top. Uh, how long have we been going now, Simon? Three and a half. I think you were saying we're going through a, a lovely and clearly ancient beech forest. We're going downhill. It is uh, unusually quite damp because it did rain last night. The forest floor is carpeted with old beech leaves, which is actually quite slippery because it's a reasonable slope downhill. And there would be no way you'd be able to navigate through it unless you took compass bearings. Uh, uh, every few minutes uh, without the help of the red and white signs and they've been quite well uh, I suppose quite carefully judiciously placed at about every uh, 10 meters so it's quite a good plan to uh, stop at the tree with the next sign on it which um, I'm just about to do uh, here we are beech tree nice glossy white and red painted sign another one really close to actually five meters away and uh, on we go and uh, soon it'll be time for um, lunch and the mysteries of our picnic which we paid how much did we pay for the picnic simon uh yeah the picnic's nine each oh nine each okay that's yeah when the going is good and the path is easy, we do tend to chat quite a lot. And actually, most of our conversations are, I would claim, more interesting than the uh, price of the picnic or how high the next call is. Um, is, is. Is that fair, Simon? I think so. We had a long old debate about when and whether people should travel to Ukraine. Um, a running 
topic is, I'm afraid, dislikable celebrities. Uh, but also, of course, we talk sometimes about those that we love. And a vast amount on this trip about miracles. The miracle, for instance, of Vanessa and the water, because she was absolutely right that we were not going to encounter any water during our 25-kilometre marathon. I would agree with all of that, although perhaps it should be called um, a walking joke rather than a running joke. <laughs> well, we ate our very decent picnic lunch. Thumbs up again to Vanessa and Mathieu at the Col du Prat de Ré, uh, which is a, a healthy 1,215 metres high in the company of some very peaceable reddish brown cows that were lying with their rear ends facing into the freshening winds, their heads facing away from it. And then we trekked on always downwards passing through a couple of villages before reaching the ever surreal city of Lourdes. Here we stop for water, coke and a coffee in a very nice bike shop come cafe and tried to work out a route to the village of Bartres, three kilometres north of Lourdes, where our night's lodging awaited. Okay, we're going up Rue La Grotte. Um, that's the street of the grotto, the street of the cave, uh, of course. Um, uh, ah, well, we found a Savon de Marseille shop. That's very nice soap. It smells great, yeah, unless it's you, which I doubt very much. I think that's highly unlikely after today's <laughs> Uh, I've loved the uh, hotel names. We've seen the Hotel of Paradise, the Hotel, of course, Madonna. And who doesn't want to stay at the Hotel Astoria Vatican? Oh, wow. Uh, and that's the, my sort of um, hotel, Hotel Desire, two stars, 40 euros for two. I think we carry on up, actually, otherwise we just end up in a car park. Um, and I'd like to point out also that we have been helped by you, but not helped one tiny bit by um, the standard red and white painted symbol for uh, the... Uh, yes. When did you last see one of those? Um, GR101. Given the immense natural beauty we've been walking through, to do, walk through the biggest car park in um, yes. uh, southwest France, which I, I guess probably it has to be, um, is, is not. And there's a grotty garb with just loads of old rocks and the, uh, not the best one we've seen by quite some way. And with a notice saying, pêche interdit, <laughs> so no fishing. Oh, gosh, we're nearly at the grotto. Miracles follow thick and fast. A red and white marker, a sign for Bartres speedy progress towards the Chambre d'Hôte. And then the miracle of the aperitif. It was served theatrically outside in the farm courtyard from a kind of bar on wheels with plentiful small dishes of mainly meaty things from the farm's pedigree herd and an array of local wines for us and two elderly French couples who were our fellow guests to choose from. Oui. 
Yeah. Mm. That's very nice. Oh, vacances, indeed. Vacances. It's the morning of day five, and we're on our way to the airport, walking through an absolutely beautiful wood. The sun is shining through the, uh, the tall, mainly fir trees, um, despite the fact that uh, ever since we arrived here in the Pyrenees, there's been a threat of thundery downpours, uh, uh, storms and all kinds of things. But actually, it's been pretty well wall-to-wall sunshine. And uh, now I think it's only about, well, unless we get lost, of course, two and a half hours to the airport. And it's a shame because for the first time, I actually feel... Uh, as though I'm uh, in the walking groove and I was hoping I would feel that on about day three anyway but uh, anyway now uh, now I feel as though I could uh, walk on and on and on and on and uh, last night we spent in a a blur of conviviality um, at a, a chambre d'hôte which I think is the original uh, French idea of the B&B, &B, but very much more um, group-based than the good old English B&B, uh, &B, uh, where everyone uh, sits around a table uh, and eats uh, whatever the uh, host has uh, provided, but it's obviously nearly always absolutely delicious and uh, drinks quite a lot of uh, uh, pleasant, usually local wine and enjoys a pleasant chat. Most unusually for one of these things where people uh, often make their excuses uh, an early night about 10 o'clock, we found ourselves around midnight um, leaving um, the table only because I think we'd eaten everything and most definitely drunk all the very nice uh, Côte de Gascogne red wine and uh, certainly had a laugh. Anyway, then this morning, lovely breakfast, some entertaining chat in which our, uh, everyone talked about travel to different countries, not the UK, but uh, to sort of far-flung uh, places like Canada, the US and uh, Cuba, for example. And the main topic of conversation was how awful the food was um, compared with uh, the wonderful uh, stuff provided by France. Certain sort of culinary parochialism perhaps, but maybe uh, well-grounded. Well, certainly had a lovely breakfast. Simon nearly fainted when he saw the bill. Not the, uh, not how expensive it all was, but how extraordinarily cheap. And uh, now here we are um, striding on, for the first time, I think a completely unmarked trail uh, through the woods to the airport, uh, where we are guided partly by the sun, partly by the sound of aircraft engines in the distance revving up and partly by uh, Google Maps, I have to confess. 
Anyway, it's all very good, and uh, uh, I shall be sorry to have uh, finished this, really, but I suppose it's good to quit on a high. Well, I think the fun is now at an end. Uh, we've walked through the forest without any particular problem, and then through a very pretty little town, large village called Ossin, um, which I reckon in the 19th century must have been um, quite an important place, a very imposing large church now closed, and lots of very pretty farm-like buildings, well, with courtyards um, protected by ancient iron gates, um, some of them, unfortunately, with incredibly vicious dogs inside, but all in all, a very nice place, and it seemed quite sleepy because um, I noticed on the digital um, information sign for the village, uh, today is the last day to sign up for the badminton tournament. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether you were tempted, Simon, but um, anyway, but now uh, we are um, facing the reality of, uh, of travel and facing the airport, which unfortunately we've got to walk all the way round now. Well, I'm just fascinated by where we are. So just about uh, 500 metres down the track, which we had to walk over in uh, um, unorthodox fashion, uh, we've got uh, the Gar, uh, and uh, you still see this church spire. Fantastic. Half the horizon is filled with the Pyrenees, where we have been um, uh, lucky enough to be walking. But my attention is gripped by a complete collection of Airbus A380s. These are the planes that were supposed to transform aviation. And here they are, just um, uh, gently, um, gently rusting. I've got two Air France, at least, A380s. Um, a couple of Etihad from Abu Dhabi, a Lufthansa one there. Just sitting there waiting for... Well, who knows what? Things to change. But this is where super jumbos go to die. Yes, it's, a, it's an aircraft scrapyard. And rather interestingly, circling over it is a vulture. Uh, I'm imagining that uh, the vulture is probably not going to you know, get... get uh, it, it shouldn't be there. Birds and... Um, uh, active runways do not uh, do, do not How true. And, and of course the aircraft are lined up on each side of the active runway where we hope there is an active um, Ryanair flight coming in um, any hour now but it, it's still it's still quite a reasonable trek I think mm. uh, you know like 3k around this uh, thing and uh, uh, it would be nice to um, just run across the main runway in the same way as you've just brilliantly um, hurdled a couple of uh, railway lines um but i think probably we shouldn't uh i think you're exactly right um in the olden days of course gatwick airport you, you the a23 went straight across the middle of the runway <laughs> it doesn't anymore but my dad used to cycle to um uh, work like that <laughs> gosh uh those were the days i meant to ask you simon would seeing those planes have been your favorite moment on the walk no, it was a very handy extra bonus. And if you do like planes, then Lourdes Airport is the place to be. I think that day three in its entirety, which is when we went from Arance and walked all the way up and around to the refuge where we were the only guests, was actually one of the most outstanding day's walks I've ever had. 
it was very varied, wasn't it? I think I would agree with you, really, that um, that, that those little ridges with beautiful um, beautiful views are. Uh, and a forest and uh, high pasture land. It really did have it all, including the frisson of getting a bit lost and um, having to navigate your way back to the track. My worst moment was the next morning when we managed to extend the 25 kilometres into Lourdes by about an extra kilometre by bizarrely managing to walk for some distance the wrong way along the GR101 before we realised our mistake and turned around. Yes, and the lesson there is um, if you have a compass, which I did, um, use the wretched thing. I imagine we were chatting on about our least favourite celebrity at the time and um, uh, not looking at what we were doing. (laughs) Well, have you got any other lessons for the next trip? I mean, what would you or what wouldn't you take if we Um, were similarly hampered by the Ryanair rules? Well, if I'd known that the um, weather forecast was going to be so wrong, uh, as it often is in the mountains, actually, um, and that the weather was going to be entirely clement and extremely hot, I wouldn't have packed my waterproof trousers um, or indeed my waterproof jacket, which, um, although I wore it, of course, for the Ryanair flight, um, I actually had to somehow um, ram into my already overcrowded pack when we were actually uh, on the path. Well, we've hoped that you've enjoyed our trek down the GR10 and the GR101, and we're setting ourselves the target of identifying the best walk in Europe, whether that is a five-day hike through the Pyrenees, maybe just an afternoon stroll around a local beauty spot, or a month-long adventure in some strange and distant Eastern European mountain range. Let us know your thoughts. You can tweet us at you should have bt or leave an audio message just go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there meanwhile from me simon calder and me mick webb goodbye goodbye